speech, okay? The power of the tongue. Uh, one is, it would be better to leave people wondering why you didn't talk than why you did. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Ooh. All right, here's another one. The first law of public speaking, nice guys finish fast. No, okay. Uh, this one. Uh, when it's all said and done, there's a lot more said than done. That's true. Okay, I like this one here. Better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> um, and, of course, who could forget Alan Greenspan who said this, I know you think you understand what you thought I said, but I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. <laughs> now I'm not going to read it again. So today it's the power of living truth and the power of speaking truth. The power of living truth and the power of speaking truth. Let's all stand and pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just uh, dedicate this portion of our time together to you. And Father, we are, we are works in progress. We are, we, are, we are not done yet. And so, Lord, we know that this instrument called speech or the instrument of the tongue is something that is, uh, we are constantly working on. And, Lord, in this area, we need your grace and we need your mercy. And we need you to speak to us in our hearts as well, that we might grow in grace and gracious speech and in truth. And in Jesus' name, we ask these things. Everyone said amen. Give someone a high five and have a seat if you would. <clears throat> All right. Let me ask you this question as you're high-fiving and sitting down. Are there any lies in the Bible? Huh? Who said yes? Yes? You believe there's lies in the Bible, ma'am? Yeah. Yeah, she says there's lies told. Yeah, the Bible teaches no lies, but it does record the lives of saints, sinners, and Satan. <laughs> Did you get that? The lies of saints, sinners, and Satan. Yeah, the Bible is truth, but it records lies. First place we encounter a lie is where? Now, nah, before then, Genesis. That's a, good, that's a good thing in church when you say the first place. Everyone goes, Genesis. Yeah, right. That's the first book of the Bible. And you are correct. It is Genesis. Uh, someone could say, was it like, like Matthew or something? Okay, no, 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 no. Back it up, back it up. Yeah, Genesis, right? And it's that old lie, you, you surely shall not die. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 4, verse 5 says, And God knows, for Satan telling Eve this, for God knows that when you eat from it, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, your eyes will open and you will be divine beings or you will be like God and know good and evil. That was, that was the lie. You know what? You're not going to die. That's a lie. And when you partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will be like God. You, you'll be just like him. Oh, that was a big lie. And in one sense, though, Satan's twisting was true. In one sense, it was true. Their eyes were open, and they did know good from evil, but not good from evil as God knew it. Here's the thing. A half-truth presented as the whole truth is an untruth. Isn't that good? A half-truth presented as the whole truth is an untruth. God wanted Adam to know what the good is and what the evil would have been 
But instead, he would now discover what the evil was and what the good would have been. Okay? God wanted him to know what the good is and what the evil would have been, but instead he now would discover what the evil was and what the good would have been. Now, Wilmington says this in Wilmington's Guide to the Bible. He says, very often experience is not the best teacher, for sometimes the tuition is too high. <laughs> yep, very true. Okay, so this particular lie right here I believe could be called the lie. There are many lies in the Bible. There are many lies told by saints, sinners, and as we see, Satan. But I believe this is the lie. Uh, and I believe it's the biggest lie of all time. This is lie number one. Uh, you will not die, which they did. And you will be like God, knowing good from evil. Well, they're not like God. And they knew good from evil, but not in the context that God knows good from evil. Um, I believe that every system contrary to the Word of God can be traced back to this lie and have elements of this lie. Uh, you will determine for yourself what's good. We live in a culture where truth is not absolute. It's whatever you feel or whatever your particular culture says that it is. In other words, you're determining for yourself what is right and what is wrong. Uh, situational ethics. Well, what, would, what should happen in this situation? Well, it all depends. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, and how do you arrive at that and all of those things? And so a little bit about God and truth. First of all, you understand that God is truth. The very embodiment of truth is Jesus Christ. And so, But in Exodus chapter 34, God is describing himself, and it says this, Then the Lord passed in front of Moses, and proclaim the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and what? Truth. That's who our God is. He abounds in loving kindness, covenant love, and, and truth. His law is truth. Psalm 119, 142 says, your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. Psalm 119, 160, the sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous ordinances is everlasting. Jesus, John chapter 14, says, Amplified Bible, Jesus said to him, I am the only way to God and the real truth and the real life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus said that. And so Jesus takes this idea of truth being relative or situational or cultural or depending on the time frame that you live in, he takes this and he makes it very, very exclusive. And truth in nature is exclusive. Uh, you, you cannot have two opposing views both be true. Uh, you can't have something that's, that's black and white. It's either black or it's white. And if, if you want to say, well, it's black and white, then it's gray. It's not, it's not either one, right? And we live in that gray, and we're okay with things that diametrically oppose one another that are both true. We live in that, in that world when Jesus very exclusively says that he is the truth. The Holy Spirit, John, uh, uh, it says, um, uh, John chapter 14, verse 16, uh, uh, Jesus speaking, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper 
another comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, a standby, and he will be with you forever, and he is the spirit of truth. So you get, you see the, the commonality regarding truth and, and the Lord. His word is true. John chapter 17, Jesus says, sanctify them in the truth, set them apart for your purposes, make them holy. Your word is truth. Okay? And so we understand that's, that's who God is. That's, that's the very core and nature. Uh, the one of the attributes of God is he not only speaks truth, he is truth. Okay? And so here's the thing to understand about that. God's, God's commandments are always tied to his character. Um, Josh McDowell wrote, a, wrote, a, wrote a, 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 a book years ago called Right from Wrong. And it was for, t for teens. And, and it was a great book because it broke down truth and the importance of truth. And, and, and he said that God's commandments are always tied to his character. In other words, we should remember the Sabbath uh, and have a Sabbath rest because God had a Sabbath rest, right? Uh, we should honor our mother and our father because God likens himself to a father. And even Jesus honored his mother uh, his earthly mother, and, of course, his heavenly father. We should not murder, and there's a difference between murder and killing, okay? But we should not murder because Jesus is life. You could say even that, that God is, is life. We should not commit adultery because God is a covenant-keeping God, and he calls his people to be a covenant-keeping God. And when you commit adultery, you break covenant, Okay? And so um, we should not lie uh, uh, because God's, God's law, God's word, and God's character, and Jesus, the Son of God, is all truth. In fact, Jesus is the very embodiment of truth. So we see the Big Ten. The Big Ten commandments are not just a list of do's and don'ts. They literally give us, give us the heart and, and core of who Jesus is. It connects us with him who God is. And so uh, his commandments are tied to his character. And so we do these things not just because don't lie because it's wrong. You know, don't steal because you shouldn't do that. Uh, you know, I used to ask kids that question all the time, you know, in youth group in particular. Is it okay to lie? And of course, they're thinking what's well, the one or two occasions it might be. Okay, let's say you're smuggling Bibles into China. And the guard says, do you have Bibles in there? Is it okay to lie? Are you serious, man? Listen, when you get to that point, God will tell you what to say, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when your mom asks you if you've done your homework, okay? Let's bring it down to reality. Joe, what's up, you know? Bring it down to reality here. Right? I'm not talking about these extenuated the one time, you know. No. You know, when a police officer pulls you over and he says, do you know how fast you were going? I mean, come on. Why did they ask you that? Because if you say no, it doesn't matter. If you say yes, it doesn't. The end is still this anyway. All right. Now, here's a thought. If you don't believe in the God of the Bible, why would you value the truth? On what basis... Would you want others to speak the truth to you? Why would it matter? 
Why would you be surprised if someone lied to you? I mean, after all, there are some cultures where lying and, and, and deceit are highly valued. I have to tell you, before I was a Christian, good luck getting the truth out of me. Good luck. I would lie to my own mama and not think twice about it. Anybody else like that or just me? Y'all are looking, y'all are judging me. I can see you. Okay, thank you. Whoo, praise the, hallelujah. All right, I'm not the only liar in the house. Man, no, I, <laughs> I ha, now I'm not, I'm not glorifying that. I'm not saying, oh, well, I, was such a, well, I was such a liar. Okay, whatever. No, what I'm saying is, is that I had no, although I believe that being an honest person was a good thing, I did not believe it because it tied me to God because it represented the character of God because that's who God was that's how I should be I just thought that that's probably a good thing and if, if it if it if it benefits me to lie that's that's okay I mean man hey man I know I know I I know I lied man but look look at all the extra money I got I didn't tell him about the tranny about to go on the car you know or whatever right <laughs> um, but but now as a, as a follower of Christ and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm reading about his character, and I'm reading that I represent his character, and I'm reading I speak as he speaks, and, and, and I'm reading that I live as he, at, at his precepts and his commandments, not because it's a bunch of do's and don'ts, but it's because of who he is. Now, all of a sudden, man, lying is, that's an issue. <laughs> and, and, and so I, I, I casually say things, and, if it's, and if, it's, if it's not truth, the Holy Spirit goes, Woo, oh, 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 wait a minute now, hold on, hold on. <laughs> All right, that's not how that went. Ooh, okay, we're going to talk about that, all right? All right, so the power of living truth and speaking truth. Living truth and speaking truth. Okay, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, the belt of truth. We're living in truth. This goes beyond our words. This is our life and who we are, okay? Truth goes beyond your words. It's your life and who you are, okay? So, it starts with the belt of truth. Paul the Apostle was speaking about all of these armament that, 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 that speaks of uh, a well-equipped Roman soldier. Now, everyone who, who was reading this would know exactly what he's talking about because they dealt with that every day. And so he takes the armament of a well-armed soldier, and he connects that and links that to, to uh, a, a, a Christian who's well-armed. And, and, so, and so the very first piece of armament that he talks about is the belt of truth. So he says, you Christians, you know, put on the belt of truth, um, okay? And so now you have to understand back in those days that people wore these long, flowing robes. And, uh, and so that was just the style. You call think a, a robe or, if you would, a tunic. And, and so, but if they wanted to get up and go, you know, they had, to, they had to reach down, grab the back of that tunic and, you know, whoop, and put it inside the belt. Now they were good to go. They were ready to rock and roll, okay? Now, but if, if you're, you can't be you know, going to the war with some long flowing robe, <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, yeah. and, and the, 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 the King James Version says, gird up your loins, man, you need to, you, you can't, you can't go like that, man, you're going, you're going to hinder everybody, right, uh, so loose garments tucked in the belt, it was the first thing that needs to happen, it was the first thing that we read about in the armor of God, 
it, it gives one freedom of movement. It kept everything together and it kept everything in place because they might have a, a, a sword attached uh, here. They might have a dagger attached here and it kept everything right there. And, and it gives a proper balance for footing. Okay, that, that belt kind of tightened up everything. Things were strapped to it. Now they were, now they were sure-footed. Okay, that, that's what that represented. And so what that tells us is this, that truth is the foundation of our fight against the enemy. Truth is, our, is the foundation of our fight against the enemy. If we don't have a foundation of truth, we'll fall apart when temptation and turmoil comes our way. Okay? God's truth is what holds us together like that belt. God's truth is what allows us to stand firm, balanced, uh, with unhindered movement. The belt of truth, you could say, is integrity. Everybody say integrity. It means, integrity means that you not only know the truth, but you do the truth. Because, see, you could know the truth and not do it, and you're not integrous. So there's two aspects of truth. We're talking about living truth, not speaking truth right now. So first is, is the foundation of having truth, knowing truth, and living truth. If I know the truth but don't act on it, then I don't have integrity. In fact, and that's called hypocrisy. That's called hypocrisy. When you know the truth and you don't do it. Okay? That, that's what that is. And when we, when we have hypocrisy in our life, we have, we have no victory over the enemy. We, ha we have no victory over the We can't shake this thing. We can't get loose of it because there's a truth that you're not living. And therefore, you have, you know, your, your belt, you're, you're not balanced. You're unsteady. You're, things aren't held together. You're not, I, I just don't understand. I'm not receiving the blessings of God. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes it's because you're lacking, you're not living in truth. That's heavy, huh? It's true. It's true. It's true. So we're not having victory. So uh, in order to defend against Satan, God says we must maintain that integrity. Psalm 56.1 says, Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part of my heart you will make me know wisdom. So the opposite of integrity is compartmentalizing our life. Okay? Having truth in this area, but not truth in this area. I have truth on Sunday morning, not so much on Sunday night. I have truth uh, 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 at my light group. I, I don't really have truth uh, at the job place. But an, an integrous person is one who doesn't compartmentalize. The word integrity comes from the word integer, which means of one, the condition of being unified or unimpaired. It means you don't slice and dice your life. Um, in pieces like a pie. Integrity means this. It means that, and this is the goal, that all the parts of my life are in truth. My relationships are in truth. My work is, is, is integrous. Uh, I, my, 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 my dealings with my family, I'm, I'm, I'm being integrous in that. Wow. Uh, and it also means that you act the same no matter where you go. You know, you know it's a, it, it could be a good or a bad thing when someone says, well, you know, with them, uh, uh, you get what you get. You know, whatever they are, that's what you get. Okay, well, hold on a second, man. That's not a license to be obnoxious, right? But, but there is some truth to being one way at church and the same way at home. 
and the same way at the workplace and the same way on the golf course or the same way no matter what you do, you know, right? So I'm integrous at home, but I'm also integrous in my other area at school, you know. I don't act one way at home and get to school. Yeah, man, profanities and, like, you know, all these little signs. I'm like, whoa, man. Okay, there's a, there's a, guess what? There's a lack of integrity there, right? That's the goal. So integrity is walking in truth in every area of my life. Woo, what a great thing to be said about a believer in Jesus. I'm walking in truth. And you know what, God, if there's any area in my life where I'm not walking in truth, shine the light. Woo. Wow. Let me ask you this question. Are you accountable in those areas of weakness? Sometimes we have blind spots. We have areas that we're not integrous in, and everybody else knows it, but we don't. Sometimes it's a good thing to ask people. So is there anybody in your life that would, that's close enough to you that would know if you're lacking integrity somewhere? If I wanted to know if you are walking in integrity, is there someone I could ask and say, hey, how's so-and-so doing? Well, I don't know. Is there anybody? Is there anyone in my life? If you wanted to know, how is he really doing? Is there someone you could ask? Boy, there better be. That's called accountability. There, there better be. There better be. Because we need that. Why? Because the areas where we lack integrity, we keep in darkness. Because we don't want anyone to know. And we continue in them. We continue in them. We're not ta- we haven't said anything about our words, have we? We're talking about walking in truth. Walking in truth. Okay, now let's talk about our words a little bit, okay? So, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 24. This is to give you a little context of what where Paul's going. And he says, So I say this and insist in the Lord that you no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding, being alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that is, th- that is them due to the hardness of their hearts. Because they are callous, they have given themselves over to indecency, to the practice of every kind of impurity and greediness. Verse 20 says, But you did not learn about Christ like this, if indeed you heard about him and were taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus. Verse 22, you were taught with reference to your former way of, li- uh, to, of life to lay aside the old man who is being corrupted in accordance with deceitful desires to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and to put on the new man who has been created in God's image in righteousness and holiness that comes from truth. All right? Ephesians chapter 3, uh, chapter 4, verse 25. So Paul summarizes and says, Therefore, he says, laying aside falsehood, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. We speak the truth because of the commandments of God, which are tied to his character, but we also speak the truth to one another because we are tied to one another. We're tied to one another. Here here it is. A body can only function properly if it's walking in truth. A church body can only function properly if it's walking in truth. A physical body can only function properly if it's walking in truth. How many of you guys have allergies? You know what allergies are? They're a lie. Your immune system is lying to your brain. That's what I have. I have, I have seasonal allergies, mulberry tree. I, I should just, every year, 
schedule a vacation around mulberry trees blooming. Just leave. Go to, you know, Malibu or something. I don't know. Could be anywhere on the coast. Doesn't even matter. Right? Uh, but but it, my body's not, fun. my immune system is like, oh, pollen. It's like, dude, relax, all right? It's not going to kill you. Oh, no, no, no. You know, <laughs> you know throat tight. <laughs> Can't breathe at night. Oh, it's crazy. You know, two and a half weeks a year, I guess it isn't that bad. But it's a lie. Right? Okay. We are members of one another, so we should therefore walk in truth. Let me give you another thing that I think is a good thing to do, to walk, to speak truth, and that is to check your speech. Check it. Duh. I believe that the Holy Spirit will always give you a little check in your spirit when you're about to say something that's not completely true or you're being in disingenuous or not integrous. I believe every time, every time. I, I just believe in all. And, and it's, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's, it's like a flute. Sometimes it's like a tuba. Don't say that. Right? Isn't that true? Boy, if I would only take an extra half a second and listen, if I would only do that. Right? I mean, you, you ever happen, you just said something, you go, well, you know, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't like the complete truth. And the Holy Spirit goes, no, it wasn't. Or is it just me? Anybody else? A couple of you. All right. Here's another thing. Don't test the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't test the Holy Spirit. Because whenever we live without integrity, whenever we, we don't live and tr speak truth, we're actually testing if the Holy Spirit will bring it out somehow. And, and I mean, right? That we, I probably shouldn't have said Ananias and Sapphira, do you remember the story? Let's read it real quick. Acts chapter 5 says, verse 1, But a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. With his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it, laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land while it remained unsold? Wasn't it your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it you've contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. And when Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. Boom. Talk about revolution in your offering on Sundays. Revolution. Boom. Tell you what, man, you go to that church, you better give. Man, Holy, Holy Spirit. That, that wasn't the issue. It was the, it was the deceit behind it. That was the issue. Okay, and it says, Great fear came upon all who heard it. The young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. Peter said, how is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? And clunk. <laughs> Get her out of here. <laughs> you know, I, ooh. Ugh. Man. When we don't speak truth, I believe one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to reveal it. 
That ever happened to you? I, I, be, I believe that's part of what happens. Wow. So, be quick to confess it. Be quick to confess it. When the Holy Spirit's working on you saying, you didn't tell the truth there. You know what? You fudge that. You know what? You're not living in truth here. Be quick to confess it. And sometimes that means going back to that person and saying, you know what? I have to, con I, I said something that was not completely true. Man, that's very humbling, but it's very liberating because we're walking in truth. Right? All right, Ephesians 4.29 says this, Let no foul or polluting language nor evil word nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace God's favor to those who hear it. Verse 30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So on the context of speech that's not good, Verse 30 says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden him by whom you were sealed, marked, branded as God's own, secured for the day of redemption, the day of final deliverance through Christ from evil and all consequences of sin. Ephesians 4.29. Don't speak this way and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. I believe that sometimes lying grieves the Holy Spirit. Maybe every time when you're a believer. And that is something that would motivate us to speak truth. Um, the last thing I want to say with, to you is that, you know, uh, just as Pastor Jonathan said that anger is a secondary emotion that's always fueled by something else, I think lying is a secondary I don't know if it's an emotion. It's a secondary act that's always a result of something else. So why do I lie? Why do I lie? Fear? Guilt? Hurt? Pride? Pride? I, I, selfishness? Um, just caught up in the moment. Ah, gee, I just got, yeah, caught up. I see. Um, yeah, those are all good reasons. Um, carelessness, that's my thing. Yeah, man, I'll mail it out tomorrow, man. Yeah, you're going to be so blessed. Woo -hoo -hoo. Hey, man, I had to mail out a day later. Sorry. Yeah, mm. Now, not a big thing, but a big thing for me. And here's why. When God speaks, he always does what he says he will do. 100% of the time. Now, he reserves the right to do it later. <laughs> but when God speaks, he, he uh, old preacher says he, he redeems his word by doing what he said he would do. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? He, he, when God speaks, he's trustworthy and he redeems his word by always doing what he said he would do. If God spoke it and didn't do it, he wouldn't redeem his word. That's, that's, that's how I have to live my life. That's my goal, is when I speak it, I don't, I don't get that back unless I do it. Here. That makes sense? I, I want to be, be a guy who redeems my word. I want to be, be good. I, I want to be, be known as a guy, you know, 
and I hope there's no pride in this, because <laughs> I see how that could happen real easy. I'm a man of my word, and I'm real prideful about it too, you know. But why am I, am I doing that? Because of the way I want people to think about me or because of the way I want people to think about my God? See, and, and I, I, I want people to think about my God through how I redeem my word. So, ultimately, if I lie, you all gave good reasons, but there might be something that I'm not getting from God that I'm expecting to get from others, so I lie. Or I'm, or I'm, I'm not, I'm soft with the truth. <laughs> well, there's all kinds of nice ways of saying it. Right? Okay, good. So, um, I got this from somewhere, I don't remember. A man's name is only as good as his word. His word is only as good as his character. True of God, true of men and women and kids. You can tell a man's character by his words. Being a man of honor is being a man of your word. Right? By God's grace and mercy, we can do this. And the Holy Spirit will clean up the mess afterwards if we don't. <laughs> may we listen. May we listen. And may we walk in truth. And may we speak truth. Amen. Father God, we are, we are uh, challenged this morning um, in, in so many areas. I pray that we would reflect on your word. But we know, God, that it all starts with the truth, Jesus. And by having Jesus in our hearts... And in our minds, and by being obedient to, to you, Jesus, that we have truth, not only in our lives, but in our hearts. And if you recognize that you've not been living in truth, or you, re you just recognize that, you know what, man, I don't, I don't have that personal relationship with Jesus. But you would say, you know what, I, I, I want to step into the truth. I want to step into life with Christ. I don't want my life to be a lie. I don't want my, my the sum, I don't even want my past lies to be all that I'm known for. I can't even remember all of those, but but I, I want I, I want to to change my speech and change my life by changing my gods. And I want you, Jesus, in my life. And there's something in your heart that's crying out for that truth to be in your heart and to come into your heart. And if, if that is you this morning, you're, you're, you're tracking with that, then would you raise your hand? You're saying, Lord, forgive me my sins. Lord, forgive me my, my lies. Forgive me my, my ways, God, and cause me to be your son. Cause me to be your daughter. Cause me to live according to your precepts, and not just because they're a bunch of rules, but because of who you are. And if that's you, would you raise your hand? I want to, amen, brother. God sees your heart. God knows. God knows. God knows. God knows. God knows. God knows. God knows not just what's in you now, but what, what will be and what he will do, what he will do. And truth is a part of that. Anyone else? Just going to give you that opportunity. Anyone else? Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, amen. 